Clap your hands, all you people. Let's shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. I said clap your hands, all you people. Shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We lift you up, Father. There's nothing like you. There is no one like you. Father, we just seek your face today. There's nothing like your presence. There's nothing like your presence, Father. So, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you get man out of the way. That you get our agendas out of the way, that we can put our circumstances of life, our issues, our failure, our problems, our stresses, our anxiety. Father, I just pray that we're able to lay them at your feet and truly give it to you, Lord. There's nothing like your presence. Salvation happens in you only in your presence. Healing only happens in your presence, Father. Deliverance and freedom and liberty only happen in your presence. So, Father, we just give ourselves to you. There's less of us, so there could be more of you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So good to be with you here in Grants Pass, Oregon, all the way from Texas. I brought a little heat with me, it looks like, in more ways than one. I brought the fire of the Holy Spirit up with me today. How many of you want to have it? Have, how many of you, I just by a raise of hands, you don't even have to answer. Did you come to church today with an expectation? I want you to know it's okay every time you come up into this house to be expecting something. Because we serve a God of more than enough. You may, you may have been serving God for many, many years and you think, oh, I got this. Let me just tell you, we won't arrive like the brother said earlier. He stole my line. We won't arrive until Jesus comes. And the minute you think you've arrived and you've, you've experienced enough, you're in the snare. You're already in the snare. We won't arrive until Jesus himself arrives. Come on, can I get an amen? amen. And so, Father, we just thank you for your presence. Now, I'll tell you what, it is hard to tra transition. This worship, I believe, could have just continued and continued and continued. Yes, I'm a pastor. Yes, I'm a preacher. Yes, God's using me in that way, and I'm so humbled and I'm thankful. But I'm first and foremost a worshiper. The Bible says he, he inhabits the praises of his people. Not a rock star preacher, not a great song, not a great book, not a great movie, but he inhabits your praise. So, Father, I just thank you that you're dwelling in this house, that you didn't, you're not just, you didn't just pass by this morning. But you're dwelling here. We just want to marinate in you today. We just want to encounter you. Not a, not a special guest speaker. Not to a box that we check off. A checklist. No, because we understand it's through Scripture and through 
all the heroes of the faith, that anyone who truly encountered you was changed forever. So I thank you, Father, that there'll be folks today that will truly encounter Jesus, his love, his mercy, his grace, his liberty, his freedom, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Man, I feel the Holy Spirit so strong up in here. And I got the fire shut up in my bones. And sometimes I'm going to preach a little bit today. I'm going to teach a little bit today. I might prophesy a little bit today. I may cry a little bit today. Is that okay? Amen. I'm not going to take a lot of your time, but I'm from Texas, and we've been doing a tent revival for the past year and a half, and Holy Spirit revival has broke out in a little rural town under a tent in 150 degrees or 20 degrees, and uh, we've been baptizing. We're real fancy. We, we baptize folks in a horse trough. We have full-blown AC. We have the, 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 the walls are rolled up all the way around the tent. We've got a bunch of fans on. So, so if you need to leave today, we respect your time, and we understand. But I didn't come here to leave today. I'm here on assignment. I'm tender because I got the fire shut up in my bones, and I come up here with an assignment today. I haven't always been a pastor. I'm going to share a little bit of my testimony this morning, and then I'm going to, I've got a message that I believe that's off the press just for you guys today. But I haven't always been a pastor. I uh, grew up in a, in a ministry home. Uh, i got to bring you greetings from my wife, Suzanne, from, from our church. I pastor a church called Jesus Encounters Patriot Church. It's all about Jesus. It's always going to be about Jesus. It's always been about Jesus, and it'll always be about Jesus. Amen? So it's always God first and then country, patriot. I believe in standing for our rights and our freedoms. Amen? I believe that it's time that we the people stand. So I bring you greetings from Texas. I bring, bring, you, bring you greetings from my wife, Suzanne. I have three awesome kids. They're not kiddies anymore. I, my heart goes out to the brother that's sending his daughter off to college. I've had to do that three times in the last several years. My oldest is 25. My, my, uh, her name's Brooklyn. And my son, his name's Logan, and he's 23. And my baby is 20. And uh, she's at Tarleton State studying to be a nurse. And so... Uh, we're empty nesters, but it seems like uh, we're never empty at our house. It's always, we're always, uh, we've always got something going on, and so it's great. But, uh, and we rocked on last night. We don't have Sunday service, so that's, that's why I'm able to be here with you today. Uh, we don't do anything traditional. We don't do anything in a box. We're not church in a box. I know all about that, and I have nothing against, you know, denominations. I have nothing against churches. I'm a pastor, Right. And I get the privilege of being able to go across the nation and do that. But God has put me on a mandate to have churches as not as not as usual. So we have Saturday Night Live. We do a church called, yeah, we do Saturday Night Live. And uh, we bring in different worship bands and different preachers. And I have some a lot of great uh, ministry friends and partners from around the nation that come in. And we've built it really on, not on my personality, but on Jesus' personality. And... Uh, Come on, somebody, can I get a witness there? It's not about anybody's one personality, right? So we believe in the fivefold. So 
uh, we, we see, uh, we, we have prophets come in and we have different preachers come in, different teachers come in. And, uh, and uh, I believe in a lot of great testimonies too, because I tell you what, I think testimonies can, can preach way better than a sermon that I could put together. Amen. The Bible says that we overcome through the blood of the lamb, which happened 2000 years ago, right? And the words, the word of our testimony of your testimony, like the brother said earlier, the world is awaiting they're waiting on you, the sons and daughters, to rise, to rise. Now's the time to rise like never before. Amen? Now's the time. Everybody say, now's the time. Now. It is the time. It's not time, you know, T.D. Jakes says, get ready, get ready, get ready. No, no, no. It's time to be ready, be ready, be ready. Amen? And uh, I'm a little fiery sometimes. I get a little loud. I'm not going to apologize for that. But it's because it's time for us to, to live with passion. So those of you who, who has their Bible today, did you bring the, can I see your Bible? I believe I, you know, the digital Bibles are all good. But don't just get in a, in a rut of having a, a Bible on your iPad. And I use them sometimes and on your phone because they're watering down the Word. Those apps are changing. We, it's time to, to have our Word. Amen? Have our sword. Bring it with us. Amen. We're going to get into the Word, and we're going to chat a little bit, and we're going to open the Bible. Amen. If you'd like to take notes, I believe that note-takers are leaders, world-changers. And so I have a, I love titles. I love titles of books, titles of movies, because it helps me remember. Uh, and so my title today is Passion Activates Power. But like I said earlier, I'm, I haven't always been a pastor. I think that's why I cry. I, I'm a little bit passionate because I was, I'm a sinner saved by grace. And I uh, grew up around church and some of the things of God. And then I ran hard in the world for years. And when I say I ran hard, I'm, I mean to tell you I ran hard for the enemy. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll, baby. That's what it was all about. I wanted to get away from church. I grew up in it. And I saw... I grew up in a denomination where I saw a lot of hypocritical stuff. I saw a lot of religiosity. And when I turned 16, 17 years old, I could not wait to go. And I ran hard away from God. And uh, has anybody ever heard of, uh, I don't like to glamorize this, but here just in the last, really last year to two years, Holy Spirit really has given me green light to, to talk more about my story uh, because it was very dark. And I don't like to give any glory to the dark side. I hate the devil. I don't know about you. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy. And this time in my life, this season in my life, I'm out to run his tail off as, as, in as many areas as I can to cause havoc in his world. Every time he sees me wake up, I want to give him a headache. I don't know about you, but I want to give him a headache. Oh, he's up again. He woke up again. Because how many of you here tonight believe in miracles? I want you to know I'm a walking, talking miracle. I shouldn't be standing before you. I died on the hospital bed at Parkland Hospital. I don't know if anybody's heard of Parkland Hospital, but it's the greatest uh, heart trauma uh, unit in the nation. And I was stabbed through the heart and lung. I should not be alive. Uh, I'm going to tell a little bit about my story this morning, but then if you want to hear the rest of the story, like Paul Harvey, the rest of the story, you can come back tonight. I'll share a little bit more about it, but I just wanted you to know that uh, I don't get caught up. I'm not here to entertain you. We're not here to perform for you. None of that. 
I'm here on assignment, and I, 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 and I just want you to know I'm, I'm transparent. And uh, there's an equal seat at the table. No big eyes on little U's in the kingdom. Amen? So I want you to know if God did it for me, he'll do it for you. You got an equal seat at the table. And uh, again, I'm just thankful to be here because I shouldn't be here. I should be in jail or under the jail or dead because uh, anybody ever heard of Robbie Van Winkle, a.k.a. Vanilla Ice? Ice Ice Baby. He was my, one of my best friends in, in high school, at Newman Smith High School in Carrollton, Texas. And uh, I had just uh, pretty much dropped out of high school, messing around, doing the wrong thing, started smoking weed, started partying, doing all those kind of things, got kicked out of my house. And I thought, all right, this is cool. I can, I can go live the way I want to live, do what I want to do. And uh, I used to think I could dance a little bit. I used to think I could make up some rhymes and sing a little bit. I still love to sing. Like I said, I'm a worshiper. And so God, that's a God-given talent. But I helped write the song, Ice Ice Baby. And that part, my, my little short claim to fame was, I don't know if anybody knows the song, but it says, cruising in my 5.0 with my rag top down so my hair can blow. Anybody heard, remember that part? I think I was cursed because, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know where it went, but uh, anyways, we, uh, that song came out, and it was a whirlwind. It was a whirlwind, and, and uh, we were opening for MC Hammer and uh, going on Arsenio Hall show and the Tonight Show, and I'll never forget the night that we went number one. We were opening for MC Hammer. Can't touch this. You remember that? All that whole era? Can't touch this. We were doing that, and we actually knocked him off of number one that night of Arsenio Hall, and we're like, look, we're not opening for you. You guys are going to open for us. So, so the two entourages got into it. Everybody went to jail but those two guys. And so I was kind of Dr. Feelgood and uh, was able to meet a lot of people in that world, and, um, and that was the dark side. But God, amen? But God. And I found myself at Parkland Hospital and uh, stabbed through the heart and lung, which... Uh, after I got off the road with Vanilla Ice, I got into the drug world, began, began to deal drugs all over the nation, hung out with football players, ex-football players, and, and basketball players, and all those kind of things. That was my clientele. So uh, after I got off the road, that's what I did. And uh, there was a drug deal that went bad. I got stabbed through the heart and lung, ended up, like I said, at Parkland Hospital in a trauma unit. And uh, when that all went down, all I could remember was the... Looking up at the ambulance, looked like I felt like I had a saran wrap over my face and I could not breathe, and I thought I was gone. I was saying goodbye to my brother, my sister, and I thought that was it. I thought it was case closed. I was telling, I was saying my goodbyes, and I remember the gurney hitting me in the back as they slid me into the ambulance, and they gassed it, and I looked up, and I could see the water, the, the bottles and the, the uh, IVs shaking, and then I went and went dark. And then I remember being in the hospital. I woke up just briefly, but I was having an out-of-body experience. Anybody ever, you've heard about that. And uh, I was hanging out in the ceiling tiles. I'm in the construction business. I'm bivocational now, so I've always been in construction. And now being full-time minister and full-time in construction, I was hanging out in the ceiling tiles. I could see the two-by-four ceiling grid. And there's two-by-two two ceiling grid, and there's two-by-four ceiling grid. And I remember sitting up there critiquing the workmanship of the ceiling grid. <laughs> and while I was doing that, me and the Holy Spirit had a conversation. And I saw my dad rush in, speaking in his prayer language. 
travailing over me. And I watched myself come to life, and I was saying goodbye to my father. And he said, no, son, you will live and not die. Begin to pray in his prayer language. And I'm not going to sit there and tell you that I saw heaven, that I went to hell, that I did all that. I wished I could have, but it was, a, it was a conversation that I was having with the Holy Spirit. And it was so real to me that I can go right back there. That's why I'm very tender, because I can go right back there to that time. And he basically said to me, and I'll never forget, he says, you can continue. I'm going to give you a choice, boy. That's how the Holy Spirit talks to me. He said, I'm going to give you a choice. He says, you can continue to live like hell, and that's exactly where you'll be. Or you can run to me and tell everybody your story. And so I chose to pick him. I picked him, and I said, Father, I'll run to you harder than I ever ran from you. So that's my mandate. That's why I run hard. I go hard. I'm passionate. I'm, you're going to see some tears today. I may get excited. I may whatever. But it's because I'm running hard towards him, harder than I've ever ran from him. Amen? And I, I encourage, if you're in a dark place, if you're in a place where you don't really understand what your purpose is and why you're even on this planet and why you're sucking air, I want you to, I want you to run to Jesus. That's your purpose. It doesn't matter. He's way bigger than your sin. I don't care what sin you've done. Jesus is way bigger than your sin. He's way bigger than any failure that you have in your life. Some people are in this day and time even struggle with their identities. Jesus never made a mistake. There's two genders, right? If you don't really understand what you are, just pull your britches down and take a look. He doesn't make any, any, any he didn't make any mistakes. He didn't make any mistakes. God's called me to say the hard things. I'm going to say some, I might say a few things, but it's all in love. You know what? We've got to bathe ourselves in the truth, and it's got to be saturated and marinated in love. Amen? Because without love, we're void. Without love, we have nothing. What if we just loved our neighbor? None of this is scripted, so I'm just going to, I'm just, can we just flow in the Holy Spirit and chat for a minute? I feel at home. I love Brother Robert Henderson that brought me here. Can we give it up for Robert and his wife, Barbara? I wouldn't be here if I hadn't met Robert a few months back. And we've been uh, really building relationship, and what, a, what an awesome man of God. I was able to meet Tom and Judy with Walking Tall. Man, tell you what, when you walk with Jesus, you can walk tall. And what they're doing for the next generation, if you don't know about this ministry, I want you to know, I want you to get to know about this ministry because they're making a huge impact. Amen. How many of you truly want to make an impact for the kingdom? You know, we're all going to stand before God. We come into this world naked and alone. We're going to stand before him one day naked and alone. And I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. I want to make impact. You know, I want you to understand that you're making an impact whether you want to realize it or not. Are you making a positive impact or are you making a negative impact? Because you're making an impact. And there's life and death in your tongue. There's life and death in your words. Amen? And it's time for us to speak life. 
We serve a God of a new beginning, another chance, not just a second chance. It's been mis, mis, I think it's been mistaught for years. Oh, we serve a God of a second chance. No, no, no. We serve a God of another chance and of another chance and of another chance. Come on, somebody. How many? Aren't you glad? I, I don't know about you. I know you guys are probably perfect up in here, right? I mean, I, I think I've, need, I've needed a whole lot more than just two chances. We can be honest in church, right? We're in church. Are you all ready to get into the Word a little bit? That's just a snapshot of my testimony. And so I'm running hard to him faster than I ever ran from him tonight, today. Passion activates power. Somebody say passion. Passion. Activates power. Did you know that five minutes in the presence of God is is more valuable than ten years of rehab? (laughs) That's why I kind of just like basking in his presence because... Uh, just a minute, a, a, a five minutes with the Holy Spirit will change your life forever. Will enc- just an encounter with Him will change you. It'll light a fire up in you. And that's what I came up in here. That's, what I, that's why I'm coming from Texas. I brought some heat. We'll bring some fire. But I'm here to ignite a fire up in you tonight. Today. I keep saying tonight. I'm used to preaching at night. So <laughs> Saturday night. I want to say this, presence-based living creates power-based children. This young lady going to, going to college, I'm going to say it again, presence-based living creates power-based children, creates power-based marriages, power-based community. Amen? It's all about his presence. It's all about his presence for us to soak and marinate in his presence. His disciplines. We have. We need to be. We need to live more, but more of a disciplined life. I believe in the body of Christ. I think that's what's wrong with a lot of this current generation of children. There's not a lot of self-discipline. Our society in the Western culture. I've been able to. I love missions. Don't get me wrong. I love missions, and I've supported missions all over the world, Nicaragua and 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 Africa and and all over. Pakistan. I just was able to do my first Zoom call last week, you guys, with eight churches come together. India and Pakistan came together, eight churches, and we did a Zoom call, led people to Christ, and led people through deliverance on Zoom. I, come on, somebody. Let's give Jesus a hand clap. I've never preached on Zoom, much less led people through deliverance on Zoom. So it was pretty wild. Once we got our rhythm, and there's a translator, once we kind of got our rhythm and started rocking, it was awesome. And Holy Spirit showed up, and it was kind of wild because I'm looking at hundreds of people. I'm like, we have two screens, and I'm seeing all these little boxes, and Holy Spirit shows up. It was beautiful, and people start manifesting and getting saved and all this kind of stuff. I'm seeing it happen all of these screens, and it was amazing, and it's still happening. It's still an overflow. God can use it. God will use whatever you'll let him use in your life. Amen? Let's turn in your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Acts. I love the book of Acts. And that's what we're trying to, that's what we're trying to do at Jesus Encounters is we're building a, a book of Acts church. We want to see a book of Acts church happening in America. Amen. We're going to go to Acts chapter 1. I don't know if they've got it, if, they had, if the guys had a chance to put it up on the screen. But if not, I'm going to turn to it. If you would go to Acts chapter 1, we're going to go to verse 3. All right. The body of my message is passion activates power. 
passion activates power. To whom he also presented himself alive. Everybody say alive. After his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days, speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Then we're going to fast forward. We're going to go to verse 8. Jump over there. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. How many folks have had the Holy Spirit come upon you? I want you to know that you got power in your life. The supernatural power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in you. That's why we ask him into our heart and into our life so he can live through our life. He can live through you. God is no respecter of persons. And that supernatural power is in you. Nudge your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. He's talking to you. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Isn't that good news? Power follows passion. Write that down. Power follows passion. Power. Father, we just thank you for your power. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that we just reverence you this morning. We lift you up. We stand in awe of you and who you are. Father, I just pray that you get me out of your way this morning and help me stay out of your way. And I pray that every heart is open to receive and every ear open to hear you. The word says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It doesn't say faith comes by listening. So, Father, we just we hear you. Help us not to just hear you, but to be doers of your word. Help us to be activated today, set on fire and activated in new passion and new fire in Jesus' name. The buzzword of Pentecost is power. We just enjoyed that May 27th, and we launched the Remnant Revolution, which you guys will be able to participate in that if you guys would like to on Tuesday night at Whitehorse Park, right here by the Rogue River. We're going to have we're going to be meeting up with the Remnant Revolution, and that's part of Mission America of taking the remnant and building. We're going, we're trying to find out who we're, who is we the people and who is the remnant. So we're going to Mission America is going around the nation. It started in our tent on the day of Pentecost, which was May 27th. We kicked it off, and then we went to Tennessee. We've been all over. And this week, Tuesday night, we're going to be at the Rogue River at Whitehorse Park at 5 p.m. I think it goes from 5 to 9. We're really praying for baptisms. If, you, uh, if you'd like to renew your commitment to the Lord, maybe you've never been baptized, maybe you're a husband and wife and you want to maybe renew that covenant together, That'd be awesome. We would love to meet you down there. We're going to have worship, and we're going to have a time in the, in the Holy Spirit and just really lean in. It's not just about checking that box up and saying, oh, I'm a Christian with the air quotes, right? We're Jesus followers. I think the, I think the word Christianity gets thrown around and misused and abused a little bit too much. It's not enough just to be a Christian and say, I'm a Christian. No, we need to be Jesus followers and follow him. Amen? Study about his character. Study about his essence, who he really is. Amen. And the more that you study this word, 
And the more you study about Jesus, the more you start understanding who you are, understanding your purpose. The more we get to know him, the more we will know about us. Amen? Hmm. We should always be on the pursuit of the supernatural. Come on, somebody. I said we should always, not sometimes, not just on Sundays, not just on Wednesday nights, but we should live our life as we go into the workplace, as we go to the house, as we go shopping, as we go to the mall, living in a supernatural way. Let his super be a part of your natural. Amen? Nobody gives a hug like you do. You're important. No one has your DNA. No one has your smile. I want you to understand that you're important. And you need to, we need to understand as Christians, as Jesus followers, we need to understand our authority. Did you know you have authority? Come on, nudge your neighbor. I'm not going to let you go to sleep. I'll have them turn this thing on. I preach better with a whole lot of interaction. I preach a lot faster too, so with a whole lot of amens and interaction. You have authority. It's time for us to walk in that authority. It's time for you to be empowered in who you truly are and why you're sucking air on this planet. Amen? The world is depending on you. Your family is depending on you. Your community is depending on you. Not somebody else. In the Western culture, we've gotten so lazy. We've gotten so complacent. I made up a new, a new word called lukewarmity. Man, I tell you what, when you go into do foreign missions, you'll see just how lukewarm this Western culture really is. Thank God that we have a beautiful, nice building here with AC and cushy seats and all that kind of stuff. You know what? But, but it's not about programs and air conditioning and, cu and cushy seats. It's about transformation in people's lives. That's what it's truly about. In this Western culture, we've gotten so lukewarm. Well, if the, if the service doesn't just do this and the pastor doesn't do this and if the, the seats, we don't have, you don't have any program for my kids. You, you know what? Jesus, if you follow the, the, the ministry of Jesus, he, you're going to have stretch marks. He wants you uncomfortable. He doesn't want you comfortable. He, wants you, he doesn't want you to be complacent. The Bible says he'll spew you out of it. He wants you all the way cold and all the way hot. And I tease under the tent because I said, you know what? We're going to have you all the way cold. We're going to have you all the way hot under this tent. Ain't going to be any lukewarmity. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the reason for a gag reflux with the Holy Spirit. And this Western culture gives him a gag reflux. Reflex, I mean, reflux, reflex, it's kind of the same thing, right? Let me tell you what, Jesus wasn't comfortable in a box, was he? He proved that he was not comfortable behind curtains, right? He ripped curtain from the, in the temple from the top to the bottom. Come on, somebody, from the top to the bottom, he's given you all access to his presence, to his love, to his healing, to his deliverance. He was the first one that was in this curtain ripping business, right? He did it. Come on, let's give him a hand clap of praise. Jesus proved himself he didn't like grave clothes. So church, why do we incarcerate God? 
Why don't we put him back in grave clothes? Why do we do that? And behind a curtain, why won't... Why do we rewrap him in our self-imposed grave clothes? Don't you think about that one. Holy Spirit's saying today, loose, loose him and let him go. Let the lion of the tribe of Judah take care of himself and defend himself. He's called the lion and the lamb for a reason. Amen? He doesn't need you to protect him. We talk about power. We sing about the power. There's power in the blood. There's power in prayer and so on, right? The Apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God. Sometimes when we talk about power, it's like a plug looking for a socket, right? Hmm. Today we're going to be talking about passion. How many of you taking notes? I want to see some world changers in here. How many world changers do I have? Did you know that you are a world changer? Not a bench warmer. I said you're not a bench warmer. The church has been on defense way too long. This is not, you know, don't time me. This is, I haven't even got into my intro yet. I haven't got into that, okay? <laughs> it's time for us to dominate, guys. It's time for us to start playing offense and quit playing defense. The church in America has been playing defense way too long. I tell you what, the best part of a movie is when? The end, right? The best part of a ball game, basketball game, football game is the end. Let me just tell you, this is the best time in the history of the church. How many would agree with me that we're, that we're living in the end times? God has saved the best for last. He knows the beginning at the end. I can tell you what, I've coached a lot of football. We love our football in Texas. And I had my son in select ball. I played a lot of ball. I wrestled. But you know what? You saved the best for last. We're in the two, we're, we got two minutes left. We're down by a touchdown. And when you do that, who do you put, your, who do you put in the game? I put the playmakers in the game at the end. That's why you're here for such a time as this. This is not a mistake. Do you understand that you're not a mistake? You have been designed and equipped for such a time as this. So it's time to dominate. We gotta, it's not time to just participate or spectate. I like what Pastor said. This is not a spectator sport. It's time to get in the game and dominate as, as Christian believers. We're not friends. I'll just have to tell you that right now. You guys are not my friend. You're my brothers and sisters. Amen? And it's time for us to truly get in the game and make, and make impact and live our life with passion. Everybody say passion. I believe a lot of us throughout the body of Christ have just lost our fire, lost our grit, lost our passion for life. It's like we're asleep. And it's more than time to wake up. It's more than time. We've got to find our passion. Write passion down. I'm going to give you the definition. Power, I mean passion, is a powerful emotion with boundless enthusiasm. It's an abandoned display of emotion. If you would write the word compassion down. 
compassion. Compassion is a deep awareness of the suffering of others, and it's coupled with a wish to relieve it. Listen, there can be no compassion without passion, right? And in this dot-com society and generation that we live in, we have taken the dot-com off and just left us with passion. We need to put the the dot-com back into it onto passion because we need more compassion in this nation. Amen? And around the world, we need to live with compassion. We need to live here, leave here today with more empathy for others. Truly. The Great Commission should be called the Great Compassion. I said the Great Commission should be called the Great, and we should live like the Great Compassion. Hmm. Compassion is the world and passion is the power. Come on, somebody. Write this down. Vision plus service equals, I mean, vision plus service times passion equals mission. Vision plus service times passion equals mission. Let me just tell you, when you start experiencing apostolic power, you'll experience apostolic problems. Come on, somebody. We are seeing them all over the nation and all over the world as we speak. If you want to know what apostolic problems are, you can just read the book of Acts this week. You'll see about it. Let me just say, there's no apostolic power without apostolic problems. It just comes with the territory. It just comes with the territory. Jesus sowed himself alive after his passion. I know the word passion here in our text means his death. But after his passion, the promise he shall receive, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Amen? How many want to live and flow in that power? Mm. Listen, the greatest power ever released unto mankind was released at the passion of Calvary when Jesus died. Would you agree with me in these last days that we need more apostolic power? Passion precedes power. Passion activates power. If we as the body of Christ, the ecclesia, would get under the burden of passion. Everybody say burden. We need to have a burden of passion. We need to live that way with a burden of passion and let the dot-com agent move and translate into compassion. I promise you, with the all authority of the word, if there is no passion, there will be no power. If there is no passion, you're not going to have any power, period. Why? Because there is no waste in God's economy, zero waste in his economy, not ours. The Bible said that Elijah was a man of like passion. And if we want more power, if we want the power of Elijah, we are going to have to have the passion of Elijah. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I'm talking to some folks here that just lost your power. You've lost your passion. You've lost your passion. Hmm. If we're going to have the power of Elijah, we've got to have the passion of Elijah. We say, where's the, in the, in the Western culture, we say, where's, the, where's the, the, the power of the Lord God of Elijah? 
And the Lord says, where is Elijah? Where is the Elijahs of the Lord God? We say, where is the power of Elijah? And God says, where is the passion of Elijah? God is saying to us today, if I can find a man with this passion, I'll show you a man with that kind of power. If I can find one man with that kind of passion, I'll show you the one, a man with that kind of power. Amen? God's just using for a few, he's just looking for a few good men. He's looking for the remnant. Amen? He's looking for the remnant. It's not going to be the big masses of people. He's looking for the remnant in these last days. But I want to say this to you. I want you to write this down. Power is only safe. People pray for more power. I don't know about you. Even as a pastor, I've prayed for more anointing and more power. But power is only safe in the hands of love. Power is only safe in the hands of love. Someone once said, if you find your passion and follow it, that's all the career advice that you'll ever need. If you'll find your passion and follow it, that's all the career advice you'll ever need in life. Remember the woman who was sick with the issue of blood. Many doctors, many years, 12 years to be exact. She wasn't getting any better. One day destiny brought her into the path of Jesus, and her desperation and passion caused her to totally do something illogical. Totally illogical. Look at the scriptures. He never passed that way again. This was her one and only opportunity to plug into his power. Don't miss it today. That's a word for somebody. Don't miss the power that you have an opportunity to plug into today and for the next few days. I don't know that in this dimension he will ever pass your way or my way again. We could miss something in this meeting today that we may not ever have the opportunity to plug into again. I tell you what, when I come up in here, I'm not playing. I'm not, I'm not looking for something to do, somewhere to preach. I'm here on assignment, and so are you. There's no coincidence that our paths have crossed. Did you know that there's no, there's no word, that even the word coincidence is not even in the Bible? The closest word, though, when you, do a, when you, when you look and you research it, the closest word to coincidence is favor. Favor. I'll tell you what, I don't want to be complacent or nonchalant. How about you? I don't want to be lazy. Come on, that's a spirit that gets a hold of us. We get nonchalant. There's a spirit of laziness. All right? And God set me to, up here, and his, his whole ministry is to set the captives free. Did you know that deliverance was for the children first? It's the children's bread. Amen? Deliverance is the children's bread. It's for the body of Christ first. Spirit of religiosity, that's a spirit. Spirit of complacency, spirit of laziness, lukewarmity, all that kind of stuff. Jesus came to set the captives free. Two-thirds of his, of his ministry was going about healing and deliverance. Amen? Hmm. I want to understand this may be it for me if... I've been praying for power, but if I miss this, I might not get another opportunity. All of our lives can be changed in one moment. Nobody is guaranteed tomorrow. Nobody. Listen, logic said to this woman, you're too weak. 
You're too old. Logic said you're forbidden. You're forbidden by the rules. You're not even supposed to be in the area, right? You're not even supposed to touch him. Logic said you can't even get near him. There are way too many people. Way too much adversity. But she had passion, somebody, right? She had passion. Watch this. Passion drove her beyond logic. I said passion should drive you way past logic and what, what makes sense. Let me just tell you, the Holy Spirit will have you do some things. They're not going to make any sense in the natural. It's going to drive you way past logic. She was surrounded by people, but nothing, nothing could stop her. I want you to get this in your mind. This is an old lady messed up sick for years and years. She was on her hands and knees. Logic said you're not even supposed to be here. You're too weak. You're too old. It's against the law to even be here. She pressed through. What made her press through was the passion, right? It was her passion. Mm. She pushed and she crawled until she touched him. It was her faith. It was her passion. Jesus said, who touched me? I felt virtue leave me. He said, I felt virtue. Somebody touched me. Did you know that was the first time dunamis was ever used in the Bible? And after that, it was used all the time after that. He didn't turn around and anoint her with oil and pray for her. No, it was her passion. It was her compassion. It was her passion. It was her made-up mind going through. She said, I don't know if anybody else, what anybody else is going to do, but I'm going to touch him. I want you to know there's, a power, there's so much power in a made-up mind. It's time to quit being wishy-washy. Double-mindedness. That's a spirit. There's freedom from that tonight, today. Complacency, spirit of double-mindedness. You know, the Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in some of his ways. I can't hear you. Amen. I don't want that, do you? Jesus said, I felt power. Leave me. What activated the power? What activated it? It's her faith, yeah, her passion. That's what activated his, pa his power. She said, nothing's going to stop me, not the law, not what people think. Let me just say something. This is for somebody. Some of you guys worry way too much about what other people think. I don't know about you, but I, I tell you what, in the last few years, I've gotten delivered from the disease to please. <laughs> and I pray that, that you guys leave out of here today, tonight, this weekend, delivered from the disease to please. There's too much complacency in the, in the American church. There's way too much America and not enough church. Come on, somebody. We can't even get out of our own way. Her passion activated his power. And that's your promise as well. That's your promise today. Did you know that we have all kinds of promises? Aren't you happy about that? I love the word of God. We've got so many promises in the Bible. There's thousands of them. But do you know there's only seven covenants? 
Hmm. Why don't somebody shout? Passion activates power. Come on, let's say it again in the back row. Let me hear you. Passion activates power. I'm prophesying right now. You may have been seeking it for 12 years or more because of the times we live in today, but you're going you're gonna to press through. You're going to press through. Yeah, I'm talking to you. God sent me all the way from Texas to tell you, you are going to press through and you're going to make it. Amen? You're going to make it. You're going to get a made-up mind. Let me just say, the only person he was interested in that day, Jesus, is the one who touched him. I said the only person he was interested in was the one who touched him. Have you ever thought about that? Hmm. As far as I know, she was the only one in the crowd that day that got to touch, got that touch of power. Because she persevered. She pressed through. Listen, there may be only one person in this crowd today or watching, listening to me, that will get what I'm talking about. Maybe only one. Other people bumped into him. Other people tossed him. But she's the one who pressed in with her passion and touched him and got a miracle that day. It was hers. It was her touch of faith. She was saying passionately, if I could just touch him. She had a, resent, a relentless pursuit to be changed. Come on, somebody. She had a relentless pursuit to be changed. Who in here has a relentless, wants to be relentless and wants to truly pursue him? The power to walk in that is here today. I feel him. He just come in this room. He's here. He wants to baptize you with a new passion today. He wants to get you lit for him. I don't know about you, but I've been lit on all kinds of stuff. We need to get lit on Jesus. We need to stay lit on Jesus. Amen? One or two people agree with that. She was saying to herself, I don't know what anybody else is going to do, but it's going to be me. It's going to be me. It's going to be me that touches him. It's going to be me. She said, it's going to be me. Listen, God is looking for someone today that's listening to me that says, uh, it's going to be me. He's looking for one person in this room that has a it's going to be me attitude. Amen. He wants to baptize you with a new mindset today. We've been living with an old mindset, twisted and turned. Holy Spirit wants to baptize you today with a new mindset. Come on, somebody. Can we just give him a hand clap of praise? Is there one person here that has a, it's going to be me attitude today? Come on. I don't care how old I am. I don't care how tired I am. I don't care how banged up I am. It's going to be me. It's going to be me. Holy Spirit, baptize us today with your passion. Baptize us today with your passion, Father. Help us to live a life of influence under the influence. Father, when we leave church, help us to live under the influence. Let people know we've been somewhere. That person's been somewhere. How many of you have ever been to the clubs? 
We got two people that are honest in church. Wow. <laughs> Seriously, y'all met three or four people that have been to a club? What happens in the club? We drink a little, we smoke a little, we do a little of this, a little of that. After hours and hours, how is it that we can be in the club? You know, it's okay to come in church and have a good time. Laugh and have a good time. You spend hours in the club, and when we, and when we get in the club and we drink and we have a few, get, you start tipping a few back, you start kind of walking a little bit different, right? Kind of start talking a little bit different. Kind of start having a little bit of a swag about you, right? You're under the influence. You're under the influence. We should leave out of an atmosphere like this under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And as we go to the restaurant, and as we go to our jobs, and as we go home, and as we go into our, and, and, and deal with our neighbors, we ought to live a life under the influence. And they're going to know, man, where you been? Now, you've been to church. Wow. I got to go to that church. I got to get me some of that. I'll tell you what, I've been high and, and, and intoxicated on a lot of things. There ain't nothing about like being high on Jesus. Come on, somebody. There ain't nothing like it. There's nothing like seeing people get salvation, true salvation. There's nothing like seeing a, somebody be healed of cancer. There's nothing like seeing somebody get free and delivered that was in bondage. Come on. Somebody's getting it up in here. George Barnum said the primary reason people don't act like Jesus is because they don't think like Jesus. Give us the mind of Christ today, Lord. Help us to think like you. Help us to see like you. Give us your attitude, Father. The Pharisees, the law told Jesus to stop. Someone touched you that is unclean, Jesus. The rules say we cannot touch people who are unclean, Jesus. They're thinking they're telling Jesus something. <laughs> but Passion said, clear the road, boys. Clear the road. Passion's coming through. Passion, he's saying that to you today. You're going to leave out of here, I guarantee you. I'm speaking by faith. I'm speaking prophetically. You're going to leave out of here with a new passion to live, a new passion to serve. I'm not here to be served. I'm here to serve today. We've got to leave out. We've got to live with a mindset to serve our wives, men. We've got to serve our spouses. We need to love our spouses as Christ did the church, is what the Bible says. Hmm. The answer's coming down the road. We must quit listening to negative voices in our life. Negative mindsets. That could even be your own voice when you look in the mirror. What are you saying to yourself when you look in the mirror? We need to get you, we need to get you a word from God. Don't let anybody... Or any, and don't let anything or anybody stop you from getting a word. Some people say, well, I need to hear this prophet. I need to do this. I need a word from God. No. You want to get a word from God? Get in that Bible. Get in that Bible. I, I, I have nothing against a great prophet. I think everyone ought to have a great prophet in their life. I think if you're a Christian and a Jesus follower, you should be prophesying, sir. 
You should be prophesying, ma'am. We should all be prophesying. I, I, don't, I, don't flow in the, I don't claim to be a prophet, but I prophesy. Amen? We should all be prophesying the word of God. That power lives in you. You may not even known it. It may have been dormant. It's coming alive right now as I speak. You're going to leave out of here combustible like a book of matches. Amen. That's how we can turn revival. That's how we, the people, can take this nation back. That's how we can do it. That's how, we can, that's how we're going to do it. Amen. The remnant has always existed. The remnant will exist. Amen. We're not backing up. We're not, we're not, turning, we're not turning back. We're moving forward, amen? amen? We're going to see the greatest revival, the greatest harvest mankind has ever seen, and you get to be a part of it. <laughs> you get to be a part of it. Mm. Passionate people. How many passionate people do I have here? Woo, yeah, I'm seeing it. We've got to speak those things that are not just like they are. That's what the Bible says, right? Let me just say something. Passionate people are not fearful people. They are willing to take risk and try new things. Everybody write down fear. You probably have heard this. Fear stands for false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. Let me just tell you what. Jesus didn't give you a spirit of fear. And, this, and, and I, I believe that a lot of people operate in a spirit of fear. You look at your bank account, you get afraid. You look at the circumstances, you look at the government, you look at all the stuff going on, we're afraid, and it keeps us stuck. High-centered. We can't seem to get off a high center. We just can't seem to... We take one step forward and two steps back, and one step... Come on. we got to lose that. That's why, that's why I'm here. We got to lose that fear. We're going to cast that demon back to hell. Amen. I come I come to run some devils out of Southern Oregon tonight this this weekend. Come on. I'm not playing patty cakes. I don't have a sugar-coated mamsy pamsy tickle me almost sermon. Okay? I hope that your pastor will have me back. Maybe he didn't watch a video before I got a chance to be here. I don't know. But I didn't come to tickle your ears, but the Holy Spirit came to give you an encounter today and change your life. I see fear going to fall off of people. I see new mindsets going to happen today. They're going to be birthed. Please listen to me. Write this down. We can use our faith. What's the only thing that pleases God? Did you know your church attendance? I mean, that's, that's all good. It's important. How much you give in the offering bucket, all that stuff, that's important. But really, truly, the only thing that pleases God is your faith. It's your faith. Not your sister's faith. Not your wife's faith. Not your daddy's faith. Not your, no, it's your faith. I used to live my life many years because I had an uncle that was a powerful man of God. I would live my life because of his faith. I'd live my life because of my name, my family heritage. No, it's, it's going to be your faith. 
It's the only thing that pleases him is your faith, your obedience. Did you know delayed obedience is still disobedience? Delayed obedience is still disobedience. We can use our faith to overcome the mountains of fear. No, we can use our faith to overcome the mountains or fear will create new mountains. You can write that down. We can use our faith to overcome the mountains in our life or fear will create new mountains in your life. She tried something new. Did it work, this lady with the issue? Did it work? Let's read Matthew chapter 14. If you guys could put that up for me. Matthew chapter 14. We're going to go we're going to read verses 35 and 36. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent out into all the surrounding region. Brought to him all who were sick and begged him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched it were made perfectly well. <laughs> Let's go to the next verse. Is that is that was that two? Yeah. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Come on, somebody. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Hmm. I have a question for you. Who broke the new ground for this garment-touching business? <laughs> Who broke new ground for this garment-touching business, right? One little weak woman with a passion, come on, somebody, and a made-up mind. Mm. She broke open an entire new dimension in the spirit, and later many touched his garment and were healed, right? There's so much power, like I said earlier, in a made-up mind. Some of us need to get our minds made up. There's so much power in a made-up mind. God is looking for somebody to break new ground today. You may be that one. That one. The devil may have told you you're a nobody. He told me that and tried to lie to me for many, many years, told me I'm a nobody. But somebody's listening to me and, and, and is saying, I'm going to be that one today. I'm going to have a new passion today. When I go back home or go back to work, I'm going to be, and I'm around people in my sphere of influence. You know, each of us have a sphere of influence. They will know I've been in contact with something. I'm under the influence of something. I'm different. Amen? And they will be affected as well. I'm going to close. So if somebody would, wouldn't mind, come up and give me a little bit of action on the ivories if somebody could come play. Let's look at Matthew. I'm going to close. We're going to look at Matthew 16. We're going to read verses 24 through 26. Matthew 16, 24 through 26. We already read it. We don't need to read it again, but I want you to, I want you to keep that in your spirit. Let me just tell you something. Power doesn't follow talk or hype, right? Or blah, 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 blah. Power follows passion. Come on, somebody. I said power follows passion. Yeah. 
They were up in the upper room for 10 days, passionately praying, and nothing happened. Elijah got six handfuls of nothing on Mount Carmel, but he was a man of like passion, right? Watch this. We must live, we must learn, and we must live and learn through God's nothings. The woman lived through 12 years of nothing. Elijah got six handfuls of nothing. Write this down. You'll never get God's something if you're not willing to live through God's nothings. You'll never live through God's something without living through God's nothings. Let me just tell you something. When you're down to nothing, God is up to something. When you're down to nothing, God is up to something in your life. Get out of the way. Let him have your life. Though I am crucified with Christ, though I live. Amen? Hmm. God is up to something in this room. I can fill him. Can you? I think it's called harvest. I think it's called deliverance. I think it's called revelation. What does it mean to have fire shut up in my bones? Jeremiah chapter 20 says, you can read that on your own. You don't have to pull it up. Jeremiah chapter 20 verse 9. I've been preaching for a little while in my life, and, but I've never been one to say the old way is better than today. I will say that this is the greatest times the church has ever seen is what I'm going to say. In fact, the Bible says if you say the former days are better than the latter days, you don't say that out of wisdom. We've got to flow in wisdom and knowledge. Amen? Because what you're saying is God is not what he used to be if you say that. <laughs> That's a lie. My Bible says that he's the same today, yesterday, and forever. Come on, somebody. He's alive and well in this room. He still saves. He still, he still heals. He still delivers. He came today. He's in the house. He came to set the captives free today. Hmm. I'll tell you what, I'm more on fire and burning with a passion more than ever in my life. I've burned for a lot of things in life. I've chased after a lot of things. But I have a burning desire to see the captive set free and to see people out of bondage, out of addiction, flowing in their purpose and their destiny. We need to operate in his passion, his hunger, his mercy, his grace, and his power in these days that we're living in. His passion and his power is ushering in the greatest revival and move that we've ever seen. You're gonna, we're going to get to be a part of it. I believe it's already happening. Revival's not coming. Revival's already happening. I'm witnessing it all over the place, everywhere I go. Everywhere I go. It has nothing to do with me. Zero, but everything to do with him. 
me just tell you something. I can't deliver a person out of a wet paper bag. I have kind of a little issue. There's a bunch of guys running around calling themselves demon slayers and, you know, this, that, and the other. You know what? There's only one demon slayer, and that's Jesus Christ of Nazareth. But I can tell you this with all humility. It's all about being humble, trying to live not a perfect life. There's only one perfect one. But I can tell you, as I humble myself and take a posture of humility, then the Holy Spirit moves through me and he's able to use me beautifully to set the captives free, to see signs, miracles, and wonders, to see people get saved and healed and delivered. Come on, somebody. He'll use you in the same way. If he can use me, a bald-headed, short, fat, dead man walking, he'll use you. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to this generation. This generation doesn't want a bunch of blah, 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 just talk. They want something real, raw, and relevant. It's going to be this Generation Z that brings us over the finish line. I love this generation. We're casting a net that Jesus encounters in our ministry. And I cast this net everywhere we go. Because it's all about the next generation. It's all about us empowering them. But you know what? They call out a fake. They call out a counterfeit. I can't lead my kids, I can't lead this generation to a place I've never been or a place I'm not willing to go. You wonder why you're not having revival in your house. Look at your life. Look at your life. I didn't come here to condemn you. The, enemies, the enemy condemns. I feel, I feel the Holy Spirit in this room. And he does convict us. So I didn't come here to condemn, but I, I sure hope the Holy Spirit convicts us to make a change today. To be willing to be ignited, to be willing to be on fire again, to be willing to dream again. You are somebody. You make a difference. You're not a loser. I feel the Holy Spirit in this room. Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your will. The enemy's been telling you for so many years that you're, you're a nobody, that you're a mistake. That's a lie of the enemy. And the enemy never gets tired. His only goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to take you out. He wants to destroy your destiny. He wants to destroy your ministry. He wants to destroy your children, your life, your marriage. He wants to wreck your business. But today... The Holy Spirit's here and he says, you know what? 
I'm a God of another chance. I'm a healer. I can heal that marriage. I can heal that relationship. And there's somebody that's listening to me today. And you're saying, I'm going to be that one. Just like the lady crawling through the crowd. I'm going to be that one. I don't care what anybody thinks. This altar's open, by the way. This altar's open. I believe there's going to be a time of deliverance tonight. But if you're not going to be here, if you're not planning on being here tonight, I just got to be obedient. But I want to open up this altar. I feel an anointing that maybe, maybe you need to rededicate your life. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. I think there's way more than this. We're just going to let the Holy Spirit, we're waiting on you, Holy Spirit. Today is a new day of beginning, a new beginning. Today is your day of renewed passion. Today is your day. Today might be your day of salvation. Today might be your day of healing and deliverance that will springboard you into the purpose and God-given destiny on this planet that you have in your life. Jesus has just moved into this room and I feel him very strongly. We're going to transition. We're going to transition into a time of just ministry altar time. We respect your time. So if you need to leave, you're not going to be able to come tonight. Tonight, we're going to, you're going to hear part two. There's going to be, it's going to be more focused on deliverance. Yes, yes. you make that announcement. Uh, Rod's agreed to come down to our showroom 480 Redwood Highway if anybody wants some personal time. He's going to do a Q&A and answer questions and uh, just be there to help. If anybody wants to uh, learn more about deliverance ministry and that, that's, that's 480 Redwood Highway across from the uh, Les Schwab down there. So we're going to open it up if anybody wants to come down this afternoon and share we're just going to wait on the Holy Spirit here for a second. I believe the Holy Spirit is far from done. I feel His Spirit all through this room. We're opening up this altar. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. So the Holy Spirit says, come. Who's going to be that one? Who's going to have a new attitude that says, I'm, I'm going to have that, that new attitude that it's going to be me. It's going to be me that touches Him today. It's going to be me that gets that healing today. It's going to be me that gets that deliverance today. It's going to be me that's going to break through this repetitive cycle of sin that I can't seem to get, I can't seem to break it. I can't seem to quit doing these things. Come on. Nobody looking around. The disease to please, comparison, all that, right out the window. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. This is a Holy Spirit moment. This is holy ground. Holy Spirit's going to do heart surgery in this place today. It's 
time to take off the mask. Take off your mask today. Take off your mask. Us in Western culture, a lot of times we have many masks. I've taken off my mask. Would you take off yours? It would be a travesty to leave in a presence like this, an anointing that's here in this house. It'd be a, a travesty to go home the same way you came. Don't leave out of here today the same way you came here. Deliverance always starts with salvation. That's step one. So with every head, every eye closed and every head bowed, if this message has touched you today and moved, pricked your heart, moved a little something, could I get you to just kind of slip your hand up and say, it, it has touched me. It has moved me. I'm ready to make a decision today. Once and for all. I'm not playing games anymore. I'm ready to make a decision once and for all for him. Father, we just thank you that you're, you're coming into our hearts. We give you our heart today. We give you our life. Father, we open up every compartment of our life that we've been had shut off to you. We invite you right there. We believe that you died on the cross. We believe that you defeated the grave. Father, we believe that you're alive and well. You're alive and well in this house. And you can just say to him, I make you the Lord of my life. I give you my heart. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I lay my sin at your feet and I receive your forgiveness of my sin. And I make you today the Lord of my life. Take my life and use it. Take my gifts and use them. I surrender. God's doing beautiful things. If you have a prayer language, I want you to just stretch your faith this way and use your prayer language. We're fixing a transition, and we're going to transition into a little bit of deliverance and healing. If you have a gift in that area, I want you to come support us. If, you have, if there's a prayer team here, if there's anyone who's trained in deliverance, I'm feeling an anointing that Holy Spirit's fixing to rock this house with deliverance and freedom. Come on, somebody. Let's give Jesus a hand clap. We worship you, Lord. This is not a spectator sport, so I just want to continue to encourage you. Be strong. The Bible says only be strong. Only be strong. Only be courageous. It's time for you to get up out of that seat and quit looking around and come get you some Jesus. Come get you some healing.
I'm going to turn this back to pastor and I'm going to kind of mingle in the altar. The Holy Spirit is here. He's walking up and down the aisles. He's coming and he's sitting right next to you. And if you know someone who truly needs, who has been oppressed with demonic spirits, with all kinds of repetitive cycles of sin, bring them tonight. Healing and deliverance kind of go like a coin. One side of the coin is healing and the other side is deliverance. There's really no such thing as just deliverance ministry. We're seeing people who are get, who go through deliverance and then they get full-blown physical healing because the demonic oppression that's, yes, in Christian people's lives, if you've left open doors to sin, repetitive cycles of sin, if, you've got, if you're addicted to something, let me just tell you, you have company. You have company. And it's time to get rid of it. Today is your day. Today is your day of freedom. Today is your day of liberty. What we're seeing a lot is when people get rid of those demonic oppression that full-blown Christians can actually have, then they can get physically healed because the demonic oppression in you does not want to see you physically healed. That's why they call it healing and deliverance. Thank you for being attentive today. If you need to leave, we respect that. If not, please stretch your faith. We need praying saints. Holy Spirit's in the room. Please stretch your faith this way. Hey, I've um, got a word of knowledge for someone who's having pain on the palm of their right hand, especially under the third finger. Come get healed. So good. Max, could you just come up here for a moment? Man, God is just going so deep this morning. Breaking up fallow ground. Oh my goodness. Seeds being planted, hope being restored. I'm going to get personal with a couple of prophetic words. Mike, could you stand for a moment? Would you lay hands on this handsome young man? Mike, I, I know what you do for a living. You work really hard. And what I saw is you knelt down. I came over and laid my hands on you. What I saw was there's been a pile of particular lumber next to the shredder that you keep saying, hold off, hold off, don't, don't do that. It's kind of like you would put your hope in that particular set of logs or wood, and God's saying, throw it in. I have something greater and something bigger. So it's time to shred up what was there next to you. It's time to shred. This is a word for a lot of us. It's time to get rid of that because it's really been more of a burden and more of a load than a joy. Amen. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. You want to lay hands on this handsome big guy? Father, I just thank you for this amazing brother. Man, I've just watched him walk through seasons, God, that most of us would have just said, I'm taking my football and I'm going home. 
And Father, I've watched you heal him of an ugly disease, and I've seen him get back in the game and stand tall. So, Father, I just pray in this moment that you would give him the strength and the ability and the courage to throw what that thing is into the chipper shredder and let it just be blown to the wind. And, Father, as he turns around again for the last one that's not there, Father, I just see you giving him something so new and so exciting. Thank you, God. And, Father, I just pray for him and Renee, God. I just pray for just a rekindling of love and passion for one another that they could stop and enjoy themselves in your presence, God. Oh, I pray for incredible peace over their home and their hearts, God. Thank you, Jesus. Renee, could you stand up here with Mike, please? You guys hold hands for a moment. I don't mean to embarrass you, but I'm going to. (laughs) I love you guys so much in you that God wants to do so much more and just as the two of you come back on the same lane together I think you're just going to see an increase in all that you're doing you're going to find favor like you never knew was there as you agree and walk together and I, I, I know you know what I'm talking about so Father I pray for peace over this amazing couple I just pray, God, that you'd restore them back to their first love, not only with you, Father, but with each other. The passion that they had, the passion that they shared, they will share once again at a whole other level because of you, Jesus. And, Father, I just see you rearranging priorities Mm. Mm. and making their home a safe haven. Wow, making their home a sanctuary for your presence, God. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Could we have the deliverance team stand for a moment? You know who you are. Deliverance team, just stand for a moment. Cyril, could you come over here too? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I want to thank you guys for the sacrifices that you've made to see others set free because it hasn't come without a cost. But this is the moment that you pull into the filling station and get refilled. What does that look like in the future? God's got it. You just need to pull in and get filled up again. I just pray that your passion would come back at a greater level, but your passion would be fueled by Him and His presence, not by ideas and thoughts, but His presence. And maybe maybe the face of of what it looks like in ministry will change. That's okay as long as he's in it and his presence is there. Each one of you guys carry a mantle and you carry it well. But it's time to circle the wagons, draw in, draw close to him, and then get ready because he's about to do a great reset. We hear that a lot, but I just see God doing that. Does that make sense, guys?
Yeah, yeah. Wow, Todd, could you come up here real quick? Todd and Rebecca, I, I, I just thank you for the authority that you carry and you walk in. I, I know it's been a hard season. There's been a lot of winds of adversity blowing your way. And God's not asking you to do this alone. He wants to walk you through this. And if you need to take a moment and sit down and say, okay, Jesus, retool me. Help me out here. I need help. He's right there with you. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So lean into that hope. Wow. Teresa, could you come up and lay hands on Rebecca? And Karen, why don't you step over here and lay hands on her too? And wow. We speak to the words and we say, stop. Father, I just pray that you would build a wall on her left and her right and behind her so high that none of the enemy's darts could hit her, God. And all she can see and all she can hear is what's in front of her, and it's you, God. And you're, you're taking her left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot into a new place. And Father, I just pray for the peace and the grace to be able to walk this out. <clears throat> I pray, God, that you would fill their home once again with laughter and with joy. <clears throat> Father, that they would contend for the things that are truly important, and that is your presence. All the other stuff doesn't matter without. Without you, God, it's nothing. So, Father, I, I, I see their lawn. I just see you even killing the weeds and transplanting it with healthy and new things, God. Thank you, Lord. Wow, so much going on here. We just say yes to more, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is for Todd and Re Rebecca, but there's others here as well.
saying, Lord, I'm going to worship you no matter what. But the struggle, Lord, do you see my struggle? Do you see it? And you've gotten a little frustrated. He's come to set the captives free because you are free indeed. You are free indeed. So rise up, rise up. We don't want to leave anyone out this morning. I know there's some of you in this room that have been struggling with pain for a long time. And maybe you don't feel like God wants to heal you. Let me ask you, who told you that? told you that you weren't good enough? Who told you that you didn't deserve it? Who told you? It wasn't God. It's the enemy. Wow. So if you've been struggling with the voices, I, I would like you to stand. Just stand where you're at. You don't have to come all the way up here, but if that's you, just stand where you're at. If you've been struggling with the voices, that you're not good enough, that you don't deserve it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can look around, Robert, behind you, brother, could you just pray for these people? You guys certainly know how to pray. Thank you, God. And again, we just love you guys. If you need to go, you are so free to go. Um, and hopefully we'll see you tonight. starts at 6 o'clock, and we'll see you this evening. And bring a friend. There's so many broken and needy people around us. Bring someone. Bring someone. Let that be your act of love. Amen? Amen. God bless you guys.